Hey, welcome to our podcast. I'm Tom Blackwood, Executive Pastor at Calvary Church. We hope you'll find something every week that inspires and encourages you in your faith. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen so that you'll never miss an update. Hope you enjoy the message. Lord, we love you and we thank you this morning for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the access that you allow us to experience into your presence. God, I am so grateful and honored that you would just welcome us into your throne room this morning. God, I know there's, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's restoration in the name of Jesus. The bondages are broken in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that today that would be the case in this room, that God, we would encounter the name of Jesus. And God, our lives would be changed. We thank you for that presence today. We thank you. It's in the strong name of Jesus that we we, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. God is good, amen. You may be seated this morning. Turn around and shake hands or say hi to someone as you were doing that today. So honored that you're here with us today. God is great. I said in the earlier service that there are sometimes we come into a, a worship experience, a, a church service, and, and, and we, we have a tendency, I know that's not, this isn't the case for everybody, but we can have a tendency to kind of go through what, what would be called the motions or go through, this is not one of those days. And uh, even this morning, the early service and just the, the moments of, of, of focus on the name of Jesus God is doing something today. Sometimes there are, there are works that are visible, and other times there are works where we don't necessarily see what's happening below the surface. And I feel like even in the preparation of, for today and even the early service in today, this is one of those below the surface type days. And so I'm just going to ask you to just prepare your hearts for what, um, what God may be wanting to do and speak in and through you. It's just so good that you're here um, with us in the room. If you're joining with us online, as we said earlier, thanks for being with us. We, we just so value you and appreciate you being here. Well, this, this, uh, this, this body, this family that you are a part of and here, maybe you're just checking us out. I just want you to know, um, God is doing some great things here at Calvary. It's exciting. It's just kind of one of those like edge of seat spiritual moments that you say, okay, God, what are you doing next? Um, this, this morning I had the opportunity to kind of uh, walk through the halls and just see the different opportunities that, that you as, as, as participants here and so valuable members of the family here at Calvary are, are serving each other in different volunteer opportunities, whether it's out in the parking lot saying hi and waving to people or, or opening a door or in kids men or working back in the nursery. I walked back there earlier and it was just, you know, here's smiling faces, just greeting moms and dads as, as family members come. And, and I just want you to know that, that Calvary Church really does mean this idea of welcome home. We actually mean it. Like that's not just a cute little phrase. That's, that's how we do life together is as family. And so if you're, you're visiting with us today and you're just kind of checking it out, that's great. It's awesome. Welcome. And uh, we're, just, we're excited that you're here. Another thing, just let me be pastor just for a minute. I, there, there's some, sometimes that we, we don't um, recognize what we become familiar with. And I just want to caution you not to become too familiar with, with things that are healthy. And when you look around the family that is here at Calvary, not necessarily even just in this service, but the early service too, I am so honored that the, the healthy body of Christ is represented in this expression here. We're talking like different stations of life and, and different, um, you know, socioeconomic and different ethnicities and different maturity levels and different, I mean, it's just awesome. I love it. Walking through the, the, the hallways here and seeing, you know, just 
young, incredibly on fire students and kids for Jesus. And then there's, there's some of us that have a few more skins on the wall, so to speak, that saying, hey, let's do journey, uh, do this life thing together. It's exciting to be a part of God's family. So I, I'm, I'm honored and it's a, it's a fun day. So one of the ways that those types of ministries to all those different opportunities continue is when we continue to worship the Lord in our tithes and offering. And the Bible says that we are to return to the Lord, his tithe, that's first, first 10%, that first fruits, and to bring to him our offerings. You and, and, and we as a family are just, we, that, that's just not even a, it's, it's a non-negotiable. We just are such a generous people. I know that's like break your arm, patting yourself. No, I'm, I'm patting you on the back saying God is using you to do some incredible things. So thank you for continuing to worship the Lord in your giving. You do that physically with the envelopes there in front of you. Put them in the bucket on your way back. Uh, you can give online, calvarytriad.com slash give, or you can text to give as well. Text the amount to 84321, and God is just doing some great things. I, I just encourage you, if you're not involved in some of the, the uh, social media type things, Calvary Church, just jump on there. You'll see some testimonies of what God does through the ministries of the church. In fact, this past week, we're excited to see some things take place at the, the Smith Homes Outreach that uh, uh, Linda and the team there, she does such a great job leading that. And just uh, God's doing great things apart from even just this moment here in Sunday morning that we see so so many times. Um, youth services are just being great. You know what? A couple weeks ago after Easter, I said something about kid men and Pastor Sherry corrected me. I know that's surprising. Whatever. She said, you know what? You got your numbers wrong. You said 15 student, or little kiddos gave their hearts to Jesus on Easter Sunday. It was actually almost double that. It was about 28 gave. So I stand corrected, right? So there you go. So that was cool. You've heard testimonies uh, in the last couple of weeks about what God is doing through you as it relates to kingdom builders. Uh, just a reminder, May 15th, two weeks from today, uh, we're going to be celebrating just a miracle day and uh, uh, the seed money to, to launch this new vision of, of kingdom builders. What we believe God is at, uh, going to provide for us is that $100,000 in that day. And uh, I just have a feeling that God's going to surpass our, our dreams there a little bit because we're already well on our way to that. Even this past week, Kim Taylor and the office, the finance office came to my office. She said, Hey, we got another big gift. And it was, you know, there was a lot of commas and zeros attached to it. And I'm like, yes, you know, awesome. That's incredible. And so there's, there's people that are, are, you know, just being very generous. In fact, every week, it seems like in the last couple of weeks, she comes in and says something about, you know, someone sold off stocks or different things and, and given the money into kingdom builders. And there's a, a lot of, of blessing that God is letting, uh, letting us be a blessing to other people as, as he blesses through us. And so I just want to say thank you uh, for continuing to do that. Sunday and two weeks, May 15th, is going to be a great day. Um, I will say this, before we get to May 15th, how many of you understand next week is kind of significant too? You better, no, no, yeah, you better, no, some, yeah, it's the husband saying, yeah, sweetheart, I remember, I remember, yeah, yeah. No, it's Mother's Day next week, so make sure that you're here next week. We have a special guest speaker next week, and I'm honored uh, to be able, to, I'll be able to introduce our speaker next week. I'll just give you a tease, you know, whatever, and not do whatever. Just, you're not supposed to say this when you're not speaking, but whatever. My wife's saying, just get on with it, honey. Pastor Kim's going to be speaking next week uh, for Mother's Day, so Yes. You are, you are right to clap for that, right? Yeah, yeah, she's sitting right here. We better do that. So it's going to be awesome. I've been hearing what God has laid on her heart for that day. And it's not just been something that has just popped up or whatever. She's been processing through this the last couple weeks and months. It's going to be a rich word. I'm so excited about what God's going to do next week, Mother's Day. Well, this week, um, John chapter 20 is where we're going to be. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Before, as you're turning, just as some reminders to you, um, many of you have already taken advantage of the uh, uh, volunteer opportunities for some being a blessing to one of our schools in the area. Um, and we're going to do a makeover at the athletic fields at Northwest Guilford Middle School. You can sign up if you want to be a part of that in the 336 room um, after service. That's next Saturday at 8. 8.30. So if you haven't signed up, there's some, some spots there available. Also next Saturday, busy day here at Calvary. Next Saturday is the women's, inspire women's, not party, not tea, but you know, here we go. Cheesy joke a little bit, not joke. I, I, she's like, she's going to get on to me for saying party. You see what we did there? Party. 
Come on, you guys, you're gonna have to laugh. Even there, there's, you know, you, you're give me something here a little bit. Yeah, because there's another cheesy dad, dad joke coming later on that I need your participation. Party, inspire women's party. I just don't know why that trips me up. But next Saturday, two o'clock, sign up in the 336 room as well. They can register uh, you for that. And I will say this, it is for women ages 12 and up. So bring your daughters and uh, all women at different stages of life, 12 and up, be there for that. Thank you for letting me deal with some of those family matters here today. Today, um, we're going to talk about a topic that I got to be honest, I, I mentioned this earlier, that sometimes there's those very visible moments, then other times God does some planting and some root work, right? He does some opportunity, he, he wants us to grow deep. This is one of those days that I, I think there's some root work that may uh, that we may need to allow the Holy Spirit to do in our lives. In this preparation week, even leading into this, it's been, it's been I'll just be honest, it's been kind of heavy. Like it's a heavy word and, and not heavy and negative, just weighty. Like, God, we gotta get this um, because I really believe that God is preparing Calvary Church for a different season of harvest. And a harvest means uh, uh, the, the fruit, like bringing in the harvest. And that, that is represented in people. That is represented in, in generous gifts. That is represented in a stewardship of, of, of resources that God wants to um, prepare us to be able to steward those, those moments. And so today is one of those times when I, I believe the Holy Spirit may be speaking a word to us to prepare for that harvest. And if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, you know that um, we've gone through this, this chronological approach to the last few days, um, earthly days here of Jesus's life and his preparation for the cross and then his resurrection. And then these last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with this kind of interim time between resurrection and what we will hear in a few weeks, this launch of the early church in what we know as the book of Acts. And we're going to do a series on the book of Acts starting in, in three weeks now as far as how the New Testament church really thrived and succeeded in what God was calling them to do and how we should model ourselves after that. But in this interim time here, there's a few things that I believe God wants to speak to us to prepare us for that moment. And today is one of those kind of heavy topics that may be a little bit like it's, it's a hot topic. And that's, that's because so many times we, we get scared when we, we try to deal with negative, that things have a negative connotation. I want to kind of shift your way of thinking about something today. We're going to talk today about dealing with doubt. And doubt is one of those topics that so many times we as Christ followers, if we're not careful, we can become fake in our presentation of the way Jesus has called us to live our life and fake in a way that we say, it's all awesome. It's not. <laughs> you know, the Bible says that Jesus said, you know, we count the cost to take up our cross and follow him. And so many times we have this tendency to say, man, once you give your life to Jesus, it's all beautiful from then on out. And I'm just here to tell you that's not been my experience, nor is it the experience of those that follow Jesus in the word of God that I see portrayed in, in God's word. That there is this doubt that sometimes we have to wrestle with that is uncomfortable from a physical standpoint. You know that when you work muscles and stretch that it's painful the day after, right? But it's that growth process that God wants us to go through and if we deal with doubt in a biblical way, we grow. And so today we're going to tackle this topic of doubt and we're going to look at a story in God's word that if you've, if you've studied anything as far as the gospels, you've heard uh, probably a bad uh, name attached to one of his disciples called Thomas and you've heard him called Doubting Thomas, right? Well, we're going to look at Thomas in John's gospel chapter 20 in verse 24. The scripture says this. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, who is nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. Doesn't give us the reason why, but that's significant. He was not with, with the others, the, the disciples, when Jesus appeared after his resurrection. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it. 
freaked out. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. How many of you have ever given the Lord an unless? Boy, no hands raised there, but I promise you, you have. And I've, I've God, I, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to do the. I want to do the unless or if or. There's conditions, and Thomas was in this position where he was doing the same thing. He made this bold statement. I won't believe unless. Eight days later, time has transpired. Over a week later, the disciples were together again, and this time, Thomas was with them. There's a whole lesson there about being connected, right? And Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. And his words, peace be with you, he said. Aren't you glad that in the midst of chaos and turmoil, in the midst of these disciples not understanding the fullness of what had transpired, they're locked up in this room, fearful for their very lives, Jesus comes in and the very first thing he says is, peace. Can I tell you this morning, no matter what you are walking through today or this week or have walked through, the word of God is is applicable to you in this moment that he busts in through locked doors of our lives and he just says to us, peace, peace. Then he says to Thomas, after Thomas has made this declaration eight days prior, he says, put your finger here, look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Did Jesus ridicule Thomas and say, you should not know whatever? He met him in his place of doubt and he met his unless. Unless he shows me this, I won't believe. So what does Jesus do? He says, okay, put your hand right here. Okay, I'll show you. I'll I'll meet you in your doubt. And Thomas's response is so significant. He says immediately, my Lord and my God. What a response. What a response for Thomas to be met in a place of doubt and yet have this type of response. Jesus said, you believe because you've seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Can I just give you a blessing today in this room, according to this verse right here, that Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, is saying to you, you're blessed. Why? Because we are those. We are those who have believed without seeing. And we say, you know what? Lord, I believe your word. I see the proof in in lives that are represented here. I believe the truth, and I believe without. And Jesus is saying, You're blessed without seeing me. Wow, what an answer to doubt. It goes on in this passage. I think this is important. It says, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue. It's a progression to believe. You may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. What a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Upon that name, we have confidence to speak to our doubts. You see, doubt does not equal defeat. Boy, aren't you just, we could just close the book and be gone right then, you know, today and say, okay, I'm refreshed. Like this week, boy, Pastor John, you have no idea. There's been some doubts up in here, you know, that there's, ooh, there's things happening. But I'm telling you today that when we look at God's word, we see that doubt does not equal defeat. But how we respond to doubt it really does impact our destiny. And I will also say it impacts the destiny of those around us as well. A very wise man, I love, uh, some of you have my utmost for his highest, the devotional, Oswald Chambers says this. He says, he wrote that book and he also says, doubt is not always a sign that a man is wrong. 
It may just be a sign that he is thinking. That's pretty good. It's going to be really quiet here. It's already quiet, so we're going to have to get you to respond. That is, that's incredible. Some of you are going to say, well, we're just thinking. We're thinking about this quote right here. And my challenge to you today, as we said, we're going to go deep a little bit in some roots, is that we would just think a little bit today. God, how am I processing the doubt? Some of you, that makes you really uncomfortable already. You said, I do not have doubt. I am founded on the word of God. I am too, right? This is the foundation for all that I believe. But even Even with that foundation, there are those times when we question and and we come to God and say, God, I don't understand that. And can I tell you something today to maybe relieve some guilt in your life? That's okay. That's okay. This book can handle your doubt. It can handle your, your questions. It has since the beginning of time. It has here in this situation when the word made flesh handled the question of Thomas. I don't believe unless we're going to do some thinking today. Why do people doubt? Well, number one, easy. The facts of this book and the story of the, the, the relationship between God and man and us in this world, they're just beyond our comprehension sometimes. <laughs> Have, have you got it all figured out? Do you know all the answers about life in God's word? Well, don't answer that question, right? Because none of us do. We are continually diving deep. The, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning, that he reveals to, him, uh, to us more of himself as we grow and develop in this, this life of faith. But the truth of it is the story of God to us, it's, it's supernatural. It meets us in our natural, but it does not become natural in, in, in its totality. It's supernatural. There, there are, there are faith elements attached to this this moment of encountering God's word that we just can't overlook. It doesn't mean we set aside the facts because the facts line up with our faith. They do not contradict, but I'm here to tell you that sometimes our facts will get us to a certain point and then that's when faith has to kick in. And if we're not careful, we, we, we convince ourselves that if I don't have a fact to describe every activity of God, I won't believe it. And we throw out the truth of God because our facts don't line up. And so many times we use our, our personalities or our tendencies that we got we to gotta be able to explain everything. I, I'm just here to tell you, you cannot nor you, will you ever in this world, in this life, be able to explain everything about what God does in and through us. There's a faith element attached to it, but doubt creeps in when we aren't able to reconcile that. You say, Pastor John, that makes me real uncomfortable. I, I think that we can grow in our understanding. Yes, I can. Uh, we can grow in our understanding, but we'll We're never going to get it all on this earth here. In fact, the prophet Isaiah said it this way. He said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond, far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Isaiah goes on to say in another portion of his writing, it says, come, let us reason together. Let us think through. Let us explain the things of God. And then goes on to talk about this supernatural act of forgiveness of sins. Can you understand the, that, that how unnatural that seemed to be to say someone can forgive you of your sins inside here? There was a, there was a work that was done on the cross that physically We saw what was taking place physically, but there was a supernatural miracle taking place that our finite brains cannot even come, but we have to have faith in that. And we believe and we see transformed lives because of that. I love the song that that the team led earlier and and just the the idea that this is my testimony. You're going to see some miracles and and God does some, some great physical things that God, I'm so glad he gives us those signs and wonders for, for those moments of saying, yes, that's awesome. But the 
greatest miracle that God will ever perform is right here in my life. It's a restored soul that was so far gone and away from God. And he paid the price on the cross through his son to pay the price for my sins, to make me right with God and restore that relationship. Don't lose sight of that miracle in our lives because that is, is, is beyond our comprehension. There's these faith elements and then there's facts that, that, that sometimes if we're not careful, we let doubt come into that, that mix and God can handle your doubt. He can handle your questions. He can handle that, that wrestling with. It's, it's, it's actually part of the growth process, but that is also why it is so important that our experience and our, our outward expression of what God is doing in and through our lives matches up with this. It's so important because people will, will experience um, um, their, their level of per, um, perspective on the work of God by what they see in me. And, and, and I just know that, boy, that's, that's a challenging thought, right? But for me personally, I know that when, when I can't explain uh, necessarily the, the, the facts, don't, I just, they don't compute my brain, you know? All I know is I have left to, what I have to lean on is, is my experience with God and that he has changed my life, that he is real to me. And that experience with the ever powerful, ever present God, the transforming work of the Holy Spirit is such a powerful tool for you to erase doubts in yours and other people's lives. There's an author that'll just really challenge you. We're gonna have quotes from some really deep thinking guys today. Leonard Ravenhill says this, says, a man with an experience of God is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. My challenge to you today is make sure that your experience is, is, is powerful enough that people just can't deny. There's a, wow, I saw what his life was like then, and he met Jesus, and wow, look at him now. I saw the direction her life was taking then, and Jesus came into her life, and she is nothing the same there. There is no doubt about it. There is a transformation that has taken place. Sometimes the facts are beyond our comprehension. Why do people doubt? Number two, kind of goes along with this thought of your life being an example. There are too many counterfeits of the original. Yeah, I, f I figured it would be a little bit quiet right then. Um, too many counterfeits of the original. We've all heard the excuses. Why do people not come to church? Why do people believe something different of the, of the word? Right, here's a new one that we've heard in this culture now. Oh, that's not, that's, that may be your truth, but it's not my truth. Have you, you've heard that, right? I, I have my version of truth and you can't debate that, whatever. Why do people make up these things? Well, sometimes it's because they've seen way too many counterfeits of what should be real. And the, the interesting thing, just a little side note on this, is that principle of I'm not going to accept the original because I see too many counterfeits, well, that sure doesn't stop them from spending money it sure doesn't stop them from saying, oh, I'm gonna, whatever. Oh, there's too many counterfeit money, so this, I'm not going to spend. No, no, no. That philosophy doesn't hold water, right? I'm here to tell you that, that, that even though uh, if you're in this room and maybe join us, you're a, you're a skeptic, you're a doubter, right? You, you say, oh, there's too many people that are hypocrites in the church. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's always going to be the case because we are flawed. We are humans and it's just, we're never going to match up fully and we're going to fail you. But the truth is, if that's the bar, then you need to shift the, the perspective there. The, the bar that needs to be raised is to say, where's Jesus? I need to look at Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Even though there may be some counterfeits in this, people sometimes doubt because that is the case. Too many counterfeits. Does that give us an excuse to be what we call hypocrites? No, it doesn't. We're talking about reasons that people do, and we'll see in a minute how that we can counteract that. Well, that's a heavy word, and so I want to share with you. I told you I was going to give you another dad joke. Are you ready? 
you're not ready. I'm just going to skip right over it. I'm just, I just can't do it. I, something's telling me I'm going to go in. I'm powering through. Pastor Clayton, I'm powering through. Okay, so there you go. Uh, so we had a little inside joke in our staff this past week. We had one of our staff members say, I just love jokes. Tell and So I'm like, here we go. We're gonna so this is kind of in, illustrates the idea of counterfeits in the original. Are you ready? I keep asking you that question. You can see the doubt that I have in even going into this. Well, there's this story. I'm going, I'm going for it. There's this story about this guy. His name's Gary. Everybody say Gary. I tell you, you're listening now. Now, let's call him Gary, who was out of work, and he heard they were hiring down at the local zoo. So he went down to apply for a job. Well, it turns out the position that he wanted to get was filled already. So the manager of the zoo, however, was looking at this guy. He, this guy, Gary, was ripped. He was like this beast of a man. He was kind of like Bradley right there. He was that kind of just ripped. I mean, he was just, you know, it was just incredible. All right, you're welcome. Uh, so it was just like this moment. Gary was just this huge beast of a man, right? So this zookeeper is like, I got this position's already filled, but I'm seeing you, Gary, and um, I'm, I'm interested. So the manager says to him, now I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I have a question to ask you. You see, our gorilla died the other day. And we're wondering, I know this sounds crazy, we're wondering if we had a custom gorilla suit made to fit you, would you pretend to be our gorilla for the next couple of months until our real gorilla arrives? Weird. And by the way, it pays really good. Well, Gary, so desperate for money, he said, well, okay, I'm in. So Gary the gorilla is, is born. He, he agreed to it. The first day out in the gorilla cage, he felt pretty foolish, as you could imagine, you know, dressed up that way, he thought, no one is going to believe this. This is not going to work. But sure enough, people were buying it. Gary, the gorilla, they were buying it much more than you're buying this story right now. I can tell. So he was there. By, he, he, by the second day, he was kind of getting into it, you know, and he was, he was enjoying it. He starts pounding his chest a little bit, and he's enjoying it even more. And by the third day, he's really in the zone, right? He is, taking, he is Gary the gorilla. By the third day, he's swinging back and forth on the vines, and he's just having a great old time playing this role of the gorilla. And he gets a little bit carried away, Gary does, in the Gary the gorilla. He gets carried away, and he swings a little bit too far, drops off the vine, actually accidentally lands right in the, the, the area there of Leo the lion. Now we've got a problem. Gary in a gorilla suit in the lion's den, he's freaking out a little bit. He's got a dilemma on his hands. He's, he's, he's worried about this because his people are all watching this scene. If he cries out for help now, everyone is going to know he's a fraud. A man in a gorilla suit. But if he doesn't cry out for help, he's going to be lunch for the king of the jungle. So the lion starts to approach him and stalks him with a very hungry look on his face and growling. And, and he stalks Gary the gorilla and backs him all the way up into this corner in Leo the lion's pen. And finally, Gary can't contain himself any longer. And he cries out in desperation, help! And coming even closer... Leo the lion whispers loudly, shut up, dummy. You're going to get us both fired. <clears throat> yeah. Jesus be with these people today. No, I'm just kidding. It worked. I did. I just powered through it. It worked. I got him. So there you go. Say, Pastor John, you have lost it. Well, Maybe. I was looking at this story. I was like, first of all, it's the cheesiest joke I've ever seen. But the application is really kind of fun. That, that too many times we sacrifice what could be the original for just a cheesy Gary the Gorilla suit or whatever. And if we're not careful, it could get us killed. It could mean spiritual death to us or to others because we may end up swinging too far and find ourselves in a bad spot. You say, well, that's a tough illustration. That's I get it. But the truth of it is, is there's far too much evidence of us as Christians being dressed up in a suit 
that doesn't quite match what's on the inside. And God is telling us today that sometimes that is the case because even we as Christians have not dealt with our doubts. We're just clothing it. We're kind of covering it up and we're walking around saying, I am Christian. Yes, you know, whatever. And we don't deal with the questions that are inside. And God's saying to us before long, you're going to get eaten, right? The devil is a roaring, the lion seeking whom he may devour to really Jesus juke the story a little bit. But to say, you know what? Who are you inside? And deal with the doubts that you have. God can handle them. He can handle your questions. He can handle the, the skepticism that's in your heart. It's okay. There's, there's stories throughout the, the, the Bible that say that even the heroes of the faith dealt with it. Moses was a stutter. God, I can't speak, right? That kind of deal. No, you're going to lead my people. There's, there's stories all throughout. Peter was the exact opposite. He said, I will never deny you, and yet did. Jesus in the garden said to the, to the Father, he said, if this possible, please let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will, not mine, be done. What we were saying is that there's these opportunities for us to be okay with that doubt, but also be concerned not with perfection, but with posture. I like to explain it this way. If I'm sitting here and, and, and we've got Keith down on the front row of Keith is like the throne room of God, right? Keith is a holy man. And it's just probably very true here, right? That Keith is God. My posture towards God is very important to where I would say, if I'm this way and my back is turned to God and I'm heading this direction, that's a far worse place to be than even if I'm so far away and yet my posture is right, that I'm making up the difference and slowly I'm getting closer this is a much better place than this over here. And I'm looking in a different direction. Our posture is so important that God says to us, I have grace for you. If you'll just come near to me, I'll come near to you. I'll make up the difference. Be okay with your doubt. Don't worry about those questions. In fact, sometimes those questions actually help us grow. They did in God's word. Thomas was that one. That wasn't the first time he asked questions. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you in John 14. And Thomas was the one that says, Hey, where are you going? How do we, he was always asking those questions. It was the posture of that, not necessarily the perfection of it. Our skepticism of, of, of things in life, they help us to grow. Another deep thinker, Tozer says it this way. He says, in our constant struggle to believe, we are likely to overlook the simple fact that a bit of healthy disbelief is sometimes as needful as faith to the welfare of our souls. Well, that makes us a little bit uncomfortable, doesn't it? That's just like, ah, I would go further and say we would do well to cultivate a reverent skepticism, an asking of questions of, of things of the Lord. It'll keep us out of a thousand bogs and quagmires where others who lack it sometimes find themselves. Asking questions and growing in our faith is actually pretty significant in this journey of our faith. This third reason that people doubt is simply this, we're human. And just to alleviate some guilt that you may fear, I just want to tell you this, that sometimes the reason that you have doubt is because we live in a fallen, sinful world. And there are, th there are things that distract us from the things of God. And we would do well to assess the reasons for our doubt. And sometimes it helps us to be honest and say, you know what? There's some things in my life that are, that are taking my attention away from Christ. And that's why I'm doubting and, and remove those things, get them away and make sure your focus is on Jesus. When Thomas was doubting the answer to his, his doubt was not the disciples saying all these different things. It was that Jesus appeared and his eyes were put on Jesus. He says, you know what? I see the wounds in your hand. I can see the wounds in your side. I, I believe my Lord and my God were human. There's, a, there's an application, a little bit of a side note to this, this piece here that I want to share with you. And, and that's something that even our staff has been wrestling with in this idea of doubt and this idea of preparation 
for, for people. And it's not just that, oh yeah, one day people, no, people are coming and you may be in this room today. And, and in just a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus and ask him into your heart. And it's going to be the most incredible thing. So just be ready. But when I say this, I'm, I'm saying this to the people that, that you're part of the family to recognize that we want to be a place where we welcome people that are just like us, that are human, that have, have walked through mess and junk in their lives and may come into a place of interaction with you and me and the word of God and a worship experience in a place like Thomas was, or even a different place of doubt where says, I don't even know if this is real. And this is really, I'm like, I'm skeptical. And to those that are in this room or maybe online that are in that position, I would say, welcome home. That's great. That's awesome. We want to meet you in that place of doubt. And even in our staff, we're wrestling with the, 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 the um, implications of those, those types of approaches. And I'm, it's just great. It's great for us to ask the questions. It's great for us to say, what's the bar? What's the bar? Of, of someone that's dealing and wrestling with doubt and skepticism with holding a sign that says, welcome home. What's the bar that says, how, what level do you have to meet to, to teach a class? Well, I'm going to tell you, those are probably different bars. You know, those are different things that we're wrestling with. And I think it's a good wrestle. It's a good, it's a good exercise to say, where do we land and how do we deal with doubt? How do we deal with skepticism? You say, well, Pastor John, you're getting in dangerous territory. You're talking about like accepting sin and accept. No, 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 no. I'm talking about as Christ followers and as people that would have that posture correct, there's room for questions. And if we think there are not room for questions, we automatically become more into this Pharisee type mindset than this idea of saying, man, I'm a flawed person, but I'm seeking after Jesus. I'm here to tell you that God has room for you to, to, to flesh out that. Now, let me be clear. We believe this book and this book does not waver. The Bible is the foundation of everything we believe. And I promise you that your answers to your skeptical thoughts and doubts, if you find, if you, if you rely on the, the, um, the solid foundation of the word of God, you'll never be disappointed. But if you find answers and what you say are answers outside of this, they're going to fail you. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. My words remain. The foundation to the answers are right here. They will never waver. That is what we are founded on. But the truth of it is, is that to get to that foundation point, we, I should say it this way, we have to be built on this foundation, but not everybody else is just yet. You gotta let them have room and get and say, hey, you know what? I found that this book is actually true. And, and here's why my life has been transformed by the truths of this scripture. They never change and they can change your life too. I'd love to go with you on that journey. We're all human and we do have those opportunities um, to question doubt. I would add another third, a fourth one. I didn't get on the slides and sometimes we doubt because of the things that happen in our lives. Tragedy, an event takes place that we can't explain. The loss of a loved one. And we slip into this mindset of, God, how in the world could you let those things happen? Doubt. And can I tell you that that doubt is actually really natural? And at the end of those questions, I believe that Jesus just steps into the room. Do you notice he didn't take all their, their chaos away from them? We see the stories of those men that he walked in and said, peace be with you. Some of them were martyred. Some of them were, were died a cruel, gruesome death. And yet Jesus says, peace be with you. He didn't take away all the, the mess, but he did say, I'll walk with you through that. But doubt sometimes creeps in into those spaces. So Pastor John, what do you, as far as it relates to doubt and people that come in with unbelief and you say there's room, but that causes me a little tension. There's a way to describe this. I love the way Greg Laurie says this in one of the messages he preached. It talks about the difference between skepticism and unbelief. When I say skepticism, it's kind of equal to doubt, like being skeptical. Okay. So he says it this way. He says in Thomas's defense, he says, my Lord and my God, Thomas was a skeptic not a non-believer. And there is a difference. 
You see, skepticism is open to believing. Unbelief is refusing to believe. Skepticism is honesty. Unbelief is stubbornness. Skepticism is looking for light. Unbelief is content with darkness. An unbeliever has no intention of changing or believing. See, there's this idea that, that we get so fearful of doubt, and when it creeps into our lives, it can, it can short-circuit us, and we can, we can let it become a different issue of shame and guilt, and it's just not honoring to God. God wants you to process those areas of doubt. So real quick, three things as the worship team comes and helps me, Claude. I want to just, just throw all these up here just to conclude today, and that's some application. What do we do when we doubt? We talk about it to God and your small group community. That's why we talk about the methodology of small group, because it's important. I'm not going to be able to answer all the questions that you have on a Sunday morning experience, but you can go deep into the word of God in those different areas of growth and discipleship that Calvary is so full of different opportunities like that, whether it's the men's ministries opportunities and women's or, or youth or students and young adults and kids or Wednesday night classes about families and just different opportunities. You talk about it. You process those things in that, that relationship um, environment there. Stay connected with people of faith and God's word. Always see your doubt through the lens of scripture. You, I don't have time to unpack this, but so many of you probably heard the ways that you can increase your faith as you go over here in your journal and you write on one side, these are the things I'm fearful of that I have doubt. Well, here's a scripture that counteracts that. Here's a fear that I have. Here's where my faith has increased. Here's a doubt that I have. Here's the promise of God. And we write those things down and we process and before long we say, you know what? Boy, my, that's a feeling over here, and I've got valid feelings. I get it. Those are real, but God's word, it's true, and it counteracts those things. That's how the Bible says that we should take captive every thought. We do that with real tangible ways sometimes, and we can do that when we stay connected with people of faith. Keep your direction right, even though you feel dis distant. Can I tell you today that whether you're a mature believer or whether you've never begun your relationship with Jesus, Posture and direction is really significant. So, man, I feel really a long way away from God. I feel really distant. But my posture and my direction is, is here. I'm, I'm, I, need to, I need to get, and before long, our doubts are answered. My, my posture and my direction is different here. But boy, I, I, I need to keep my direction here. I'm gonna, I, I just feel like today that God has prepared this, this word. And I know there's, forget the cheesy joke in, in the middle. God's word is, uh, is so significant. And I felt like today that God was wanting us as believers to reason and reconcile within ourselves the doubts that we may have. And there's a difference in being okay and staying there and being okay with it and yet seeking out the answer in God's word. So the devil would love for you just to stay put. But God has a better plan for you. And if you're here today and you've kind of been wrestling, here's, here's what I know, that the response uh, for today's word is very much internal. Because quite honestly, I've even in praying this, this week and yesterday, late last night, I was just sitting there um, just processing through today. And I just felt like the Lord was saying that there would be several people that, that were in the, the room or online today that outwardly their life looks like, man, they're lifelong followers. They're like devoted, committed, everything's great. And yet inside there's one sliver of their life or attitude towards God that there's this, there's this doubt and over the last couple of years, that sliver has become bigger and bigger. And God just wants you to know today that his word is, is true and that Jesus himself can come into your room and just say, peace be with you. Let me help you with that doubt. It's okay. Some of it may be because of circumstances, experiences in your life. I, I don't understand the, all the reasons why, but God's okay with your doubt as long as they're viewed through the lens of scripture and through the posture of, of focused on Jesus. Some of you also may just be beginning that journey and we're gonna pray with you here in just a minute and agree together with you to walk on that journey. And I'm just here to tell you it's the best decision you'll ever make when you confront that doubt and say, okay, 
I'm going to give this a shot. Like, I believe Jesus. I believe this. And I'm going to, I'm going to make a different uh, trajectory of my life today. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to begin to, to close, as pastors always say. And as we do, we are going to have just a concluding song in just a moment. It's going to just proclaim scripture. And I'm going to ask you to just make your response to God's word today is, like I said, going to be internal. But if you'd do me a favor, would you bow your heads and close your eyes just out of respect and out of just not creating distractions in the room? Because I do want to take the opportunity, as we do every week, to give you an opportunity. If you're here and you say you never began your relationship with Jesus, and today's the day you'd like to do that. We would love to pray together with you. And myself or some of the prayer team workers, we would love to connect with you and, and, and just agree together with you in prayer. And so whether you're here in this room or online, you have an opportunity to do that um, virtually during the connect card there uh, and uh, connecting with our campus host there. Please feel free to do that. But if you're here in this room and you say, you know what, Pastor John, I'd love for today to be the day that I just start my relationship with Jesus. I'd love for you to pray together with me. Would you do me the honor of, of praying together with you? Just And the way I know to do that is just by you raising your hand and getting my attention right. Everybody else's heads bowed, our eyes are closed. But if you're here today and you say, I would love to make that decision, I would love to ask Jesus into my heart, would you just let me see your hand all over this room? If you're here today, I want to give you that opportunity. Anyone today? Thank you, my friend, right in the back. Yep, thank you, right here in front. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome, thank you. Thank you, back. Awesome, it's the best thing you ever ever could do. Church family, will you do me a fa favor and just agree together with me as we pray? And I'm gonna ask you three that have raised your hands just to pray this prayer with me. And then in a moment, we're, we're gonna have some prayer workers that, are, that may put their arm around you and just agree together and pray together with you. If we miss you, would you do us a favor and allow us to continue that journey with you and connect with you? That connect card is really important for us to keep this journey up together with you. So do that. But before we do that, church, would you just pray together with me with these other, with these three that have raised their hands as we just commit to the Lord? Would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for paying the price on the cross for my sins. Forgive me of my sin. Make me whole. Start my life anew from this day forward. I promise to live for you and my posture would be towards you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer with us, we would love to connect with you beyond this moment today. Please allow us to do that. Church, would you just this week reconcile in your heart and deal with those doubts that we may have in our lives, that God would be glorified and that we would be the answer to so many people's um, questions that they may have throughout this week as we shine God's love all over this community. God bless you. Pastor Clay.